Welcome to the Labor Force Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Strukin, proud member of New York State United Teachers, celebrating 50 years this year. Elon Musk recently said that in the future, AI will save us all from having to work. Hopefully we colonize outer space by then, for that will not be true for a SpaceX workers having to feverishly toil to let him claim that distinction, which he would surely do, and never mind the labor that actually accomplished it. A new investigative report from Reuters dives into an unforgivable price of progress. At SpaceX, worker injuries soar in Elon Musk's rush to Mars. This is just sheer negligence and hubris, leaving workers to fend for themselves in dangerous working conditions. And that's an understatement. Here's the opening portion of the report. I've linked it in the show notes if you want to read it in full, and I suggest you do. One windy night at Elon Musk's SpaceX facility in McGregor, Texas, Monty LeBlanc and his co-workers realized they had a problem. They needed to transport foam insulation to the rocket company's main hangar, but had no straps to secure the cargo. LeBlanc, a relatively new employee, offered a solution to hold down the load. He sat on it. After the truck drove away, a gust blew LeBlanc and the insulation off the trailer, slamming him headfirst into the pavement. LeBlanc, 38, had retired nine months earlier from the U.S. Marine Corps. He was pronounced dead from head trauma at the scene. Federal inspectors with the U.S. Occupational Safety and Health Administration later determined that SpaceX had failed to protect LeBlanc from a clear hazard, noting the gravity and severity of the violation. LeBlanc's co-workers told OSHA that SpaceX had no convenient access to tie-downs and no process or oversight for handling such loads. SpaceX acknowledged the problems, and the agency instructed the company to make seven specific safety improvements, including more training and equipment, according to the inspection report. It was hardly the last serious accident at SpaceX. Since LeBlanc's death in June 2014, which hasn't been previously reported, Musk's rocket company has disregarded worker safety regulations and standard practices at its inherently dangerous rocket and satellite facilities nationwide, with workers paying a heavy price, a Reuters investigation found. Through interviews and government records, a news organization documented at least 600 injuries of SpaceX workers since 2014. Many were serious or disabling. The records included reports of more than 100 workers suffering cuts or lacerations, 29 with broken bones or dislocations, 17 whose hands or fingers were crushed, and 9 with head injuries, including one skull fracture, 4 concussions, and 1 traumatic brain injury. The cases also included 5 burns, 5 electrocutions, 8 accidents that led to amputations, 12 injuries involving multiple unspecified body parts, and 7 workers with eye injuries. Others were relatively minor, including more than 170 reports of strains or sprains. Current and former employees said such injuries reflect a chaotic workplace, where often undertrained and overtired staff routinely skip basic safety procedures as they race to meet Musk's aggressive deadlines for space missions. SpaceX, founded by Musk more than two decades ago, takes the stance that workers are responsible for protecting themselves, according to more than a dozen current and former employees, including a former senior executive. Musk himself at times appeared cavalier about safety on visits to SpaceX sites, Four employees said he sometimes played with a novelty flamethrower and discouraged workers from wearing safety yellow because he dislikes bright colors. The lax safety culture, more than a dozen current and former employees said, stems in part from Musk's disdain for perceived bureaucracy and a belief inside SpaceX that is leading an urgent quest to create a refuge in space from a dying Earth. 
Elon's concept that SpaceX is on this mission to go to Mars as fast as possible and save humanity permeates every part of the company, said Tom Moline, a former SpaceX senior avionics engineer who was among a group of employees fired after raising workplace complaints. The company justifies casting aside anything that could stand in the way of accomplishing that goal, including worker safety. The report goes on to detail how SpaceX was laxed its injury data reporting until very recently and how the injury rate is significantly higher than the space industry average. It also profiles worker Florentino Rios, who was blinded when a crane operator missed a hand signal from him and mistakenly tried to move beams after they were fixed in place. That error caused a chain connecting the crane to the beams to snap and strike Rios in the face. On January 18th of last year, part of a Raptor V2 engine broke away during pressure testing at the SpaceX facility in Hawthorne, California. The part, a fuel controller assembly cover, careened into the head of SpaceX technician Francisco Cabada. Nearly two years later, the father of three young children remains in a coma with a hole in his skull. Space.com says, The closest recorded distance to Mars from Earth was recorded in August 2003, when the two were 34.8 million miles apart. NASA says the two will not be that close again until the year 2237. At the time of this recording, according to the SkyLive.com, the distance is 235,411,235 miles. That's a long way to sacrifice workers and make them collateral damage in an ironic mission to save humanity. I mean, you can believe that the mission is essential, but not at this cost. These are egregious accidents from outlandish hubris. Kudos to Reuters for digging into this story. I think we need the practical take of an astrophysicist like Neil deGrasse Tyson on this issue of colonizing Mars. I mean, the true purpose of SpaceX, from what I understand, is actually the colonization of Mars. Do you expect that That's to a happen? goal of his? No, no, he wants to, he wants to terraform it. Terraform it, yeah. That's a goal. Okay. Uh, I don't mind that as a goal if it gets you other achievements en route, but, but I think that's less realistic. All right, because how long does it take to get to Mars? Like three years or something like that? No, no, it takes uh, on a, if you wait yeah, for the configuration, time. you wait, it's about nine months around Nine there. months, okay. And then you got to hang out there until the Earth and Mars realign. So it's a, a round in, trip in is, to go back, a yeah. round trip is three to five years. Okay, okay, trip. that's where that number came that's from. That's where they came from. Aha, uh -huh. okay. So do you think that'll actually happen? Terraforming of Mars, humans going to Mars and hanging out there for months at a I time? I don't see us creating a colony in the foreseeable future. But I don't see why we wouldn't create a habitat module. Mm. But if you do that, then you get off your spacecraft in a spacesuit. You walk into the habitat module where it's pressurized and you have oxygen. You take off your spacesuit. So now you're living on Earth on Mars. You're not actually living on Mars. You're in a habitat module yeah. where there's plants growing, where yeah. you have farm animals, where you have whatever. All right? To truly live on Mars is to terraform it. And then it's and Earth. It's made, and now, you, just, oxygen now you can just step Mars. off the spaceship huh. and breathe the air the way Columbus did stepping off of the, the, the Santa Maria, okay? He goes to the new world. He can breathe the air. He can repair yeah. his ship because trees in the new world are made of wood, just like the ones he built his ship out of. There are other human beings there to greet him and to show him what foods to eat. So none of that is on Mars. So it's not analogizable okay. to the great era of, ex of explorers. Yeah. So far... Terraforming Mars is a popular board game published in 2016 in which players take the role of corporations working together to terraform the planet Mars by raising the temperature, adding oxygen to the atmosphere, covering the planet's surface with water, and creating plant and animal life. 
If only that were reality. You can be a trailblazer with a moral compass. And unfortunately, a private company enmeshed in profit-seeking has no moral center, except profit. Capitalism will not save the planet, as if we need to be reminded of that. Add this hero complex, and that's power with virtually no responsibility. They're not playing with Musk and Tesla overseas. As reported by the AP, pressure is growing on Tesla in Sweden, where a trade union is demanding that the Texas-based automakers sign a collective bargaining agreement, which most employees in the Scandinavian country have. Tesla has no manufacturing plan in Sweden, but 130 members of the powerful metalworkers union IF Metal walked out on October 27th at seven workshops across the country where its popular electric cars are serviced. Other trade unions joined in solidarity, including dock workers at Sweden's four largest ports, who decided last Tuesday to stop the delivery of Tesla vehicles to increase pressure on the automaker to accept the metalworkers' demands. More solidarity actions are planned in the coming days. Says Industry All General Secretary Atlee Hoy, Elon Musk's business model is to avoid respecting human rights. Now he is taken on by one of our strongest unions. We must defeat the Tesla business model, and Sweden is the best place to start. So far, Tesla workers in the U.S. have failed to unionize. However, after the UAW successfully negotiated deals with the big three Detroit automakers, 4GM and Stellantis, Tesla is likely among the next names on the list. UAW leader Sean Fain has said Tesla, Toyota, and Honda workers are not enemies, but in fact, quote, UAW members of the future. I don't know how you'd want to work non-union at all. So let's go with the expectation that more and more workers will continue to agree, as the twin devils of hubris and unchecked capitalism continue to wreak their havoc that everyone now sees. So thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the show, you can find Labor Force on Spotify for podcasters and select a level, starting at just a dollar a month. Also, please share, rate, and review to help others find the show. You can listen anywhere you get your podcasts. And speaking of listening and broadening your worker contact, the Labor Force Podcast is now affiliated with the Labor Radio Podcast Network, an indispensable labor source where you can find many more shows like this one. You can check it out at laborradionetwork.org. Until next time, take care and stay union strong.